All right, glad to have you with us. Coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, and the coach Dan Spivey. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Welcome to the podcast for the 29th of January, as I've been told, of 2024. Chris is in the house uh, looking pretty dapper, I must say, with the new uh, do and everything else is going on. And you didn't wear a hat. I like that. You look I don't, I don't always wear a hat. You're showing off the new do. I usually, I don't wear a lot of hats unless it's raining. I do wear hats soon, but You're always wearing I'm a hat. I've always got a I'm very frustrated and sad because my lines took the... Got robbed by the NFL in the Vegas last night, but we'll talk about that on Thursday. As you've given me Thursday for that, but uh, oh, it's a pretty day, man. Every, I keep hearing about this thunderstorm coming through. And I, I was like, "Where? It's sunny yesterday. It was pretty today." Quit talking that nonsense, guys. Yeah, we enjoying this. Well, the colder weather's coming too, so we'll see what happens with all of that. And it's still February. We're yeah. gonna get the snow. I'm telling yeah. you, we're gonna, we're, there's an ice storm coming. I'm telling you, somewhere <laughs> oh, down the road, no, there's an ice go. storm coming. But glad to have you with us. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll talk a little high school as well. A lot of wrestling going on this week, so we'll dive into that. Um, we've got some basketball to talk about with Clemson, Carolina men and women. We'll talk both of those uh, to go along with it. We've got some uh, basketball for Lander as well. Uh, the women lost for the first time. The Beach Bell Conference will give you details on that, uh, as well as the men keep on winning, keep on cruising. So details there. And Erskine has uh, a lot going on. Matter of fact, uh, track and field. I forgot all about their track and field team. So we'll talk a little bit about that today because they had four um, qualifications for uh, the championship, indoor championship coming up here, what, next month? Yeah. So we'll dive into that a little along with their bas boys basketball to go along with all that. So a lot to go on. Uh, where do we get started, guys? Should we start with the high school stuff? Yeah. Roll oh, no, all right. Um, uh, just a heads up and let you know that uh, uh, classifications are out there as far as region go. They got to the end of this week to go ahead and file for uh, uh, their appeal. Um, and then all next week it should be fun. I think it's the 6th through the 8th they'll have uh, uh, all of their um, – how do we say the appeal me meetings? Uh, folks will get a chance to go in there and, and uh, say, hey, we don't want to be in this region or that region. So we got a whole other week before any of that happens. And then uh, if you want to know uh, what the executive committee decision is coming February 13th, the appellate panel uh, will finally meet. Uh, and what they'll do is they'll make the decision on February 20th as to the final. And then the final reclassification alignment will be sent out on February 22nd. So a lot going on. Matter of fact, they're in classification meetings, uh, as we say, organizational meetings all this week. So uh, a lot going on in and around uh, the high school league uh, process is that. Side note, football-wise, American uh, Leadership Academy, we made mention of that. They did name their new head coach. Uh, now, remember, it's going to be JV for the first two years because yeah. it is a new program. But Robin Bacon is the new head coach. If you that name's familiar, it's because he was at Spring Valley back in uh, 2022. So he's been out of it for a year. Now he's back into it. That's why coaches do what they do. They get out of it. They get right back in. I also saw – we'll talk about it Thursday because somebody hired Art Craig that was – That was Wando as the OC. Wando, you're right. Yeah, he's the OC now. So really good hire for Wando. You know, the, the new coach is a defensive guy, and he said he wanted to be – he was a graduate of Wando, and he wanted to bring that low country back. And I think he did a great job because that's a great offense coordinator. What he can do with the rest of the five is going to be difficult. But like I said, if he can just get over to Humdeck, be able to compete with Somerville. Mm -hmm. That's what we were talking about when we were doing the, the shows the other day. But one thing I don't want to see, Tom, is I don't want to see like what we saw with the appeals for the other stuff. All I'll say is if you're an attorney or if you're a, a AD or if you're representing your school, do your homework. Get it done. Don't go in there and say, I don't want to play here because I don't want to play here. 
present something to the panel that will will be beneficial to both. Don't just go and say, I don't want to play here because they play here or he plays here. I, don't do that. Don't waste either time, hours, or the appellate committees and the committees that are going to be reviewing this. Go in there, know what you're talking about, and get it done. And on a side note with that, Greenwood uh, High Football came out with their schedule, yeah. and uh, I got two of the three right. You did. <laughs> didn't, didn't count on Buford being the man, game. Man, that's that the heartbreaker. That's the heartbreaker, man. It is. This is going to be a really good game. But then you have Lexington and Dorman, and then they'll get into the meat of the regional schedule with Coach that. Curtis, and they go to Coach Curtis, too. Yeah. I started calling you to ask you how to read the thing, and then Willie said that the home games are, in, are yellow. I was like, oh, appreciate it. <laughs> Couldn't even read the <laughs> schedule, but yeah, it's a pretty good schedule. I mean, it's, you, it's, you picked. I mean, yeah. their non-region's really good, and the region's going to be pretty interesting. Even where, where they're located at. So. Only what Buford moving up to four A, so yeah. everything's four A or above. Um, and you scheduled two out of conference or out of region five A schools to go along with it. And one of those, well, both of those are um, top sixteen teams. They in made pushes. Yeah, they made pushes in the playoffs. And, and Lexington had a really good chance and. That's funny that you bring them two in there because that's Coach Curtis's former team in Dorman and Nate Lexington's his new team. Mm. So you're going to be playing both of those. And Dorman's a regular. You might as well put a doormat oh, there. Yeah. Well, that's they, they were really down last year. Yeah. Uh, now they do have a really good quarterback, a young quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the new coach coming in or in his second year. It'll be interesting to see if they improve from all that. But they, you know, they were not the Dorman of old last year. They. They went in that hole and pulled a quarterback out that actually played at Burns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they wanted him back at Burns, and it didn't work out. I think Grandma moved this time. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see you right, because that's one thing that had been down. When you had Gutshaw there, you had really good offensive teams, and they were known for that. I mean, he, he had a great staff. I mean, that's, it's hard to pin something on new coaches when you're dealing with legends in the game. And, I mean, Dorman's going to always chase that legend. Just like Curtis is going to chase Lexington. They, they had a good, great coach for years. So I mean, it, it's interesting to see. But how many how many Lakeland teams do you think may appeal? Any? Clinton's the one I think for sure. Even though they're not a Lakeland team, will probably well, appeal. we claim them. Um, I don't think any of the others will. Abbeville is definitely happy where they are, and I right. think they, uh, you know, they. I think they pull the wool over a lot of people's eyes, uh, well, including you, my own. Well, well, we'll see. Know, uh, Classification-wise, I don't think they will. Now we got to see what regions they put them in. Because we still don't Well, Abbeville's in the region with where – I mean, that's yeah, been – Until February 22nd, anything's possible. Well, is somebody yeah, – well, that's what he's asking. Is yeah. somebody in that region yeah. appeal uh, being yeah. in that region? I don't think they will. Uh, Whitmire might be either. the only one that does. Well, you know, and, and I don't know. Or but, maybe the um, school for the deaf and blind wants to be in the other yeah, region. That could yeah. be a possibility. What? Well, you know, you just we, – we, we can sit here and speculate everything, and we know – Pretty much that's where Abbeville's going to be. We know pretty much where Emerald's going to be and who they're going to be playing the same way with Greenwood High. But until February 22nd, we don't know for sure. We don't, but we're, we're going by what's there. And I guess so we'll we're know. just going to put that disclaimer in yeah, there next, so they can't come back fussing at us. <laughs> I think next week we're going to we'll find out a little bit more, bit more when we find yeah. out who is going who is actually appealing. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody from Region 11A is going to appeal. I, don't I really so. don't. My only question with that would be is would – I think Abbeville's had enough hits over this thing. Would Abbeville not try to appeal to play two A in football only? See, I think they should have. I think they should have brought that to them. Yeah. So is that is that a possibility? They've thought because they listen. They have taken a hammering over this thing mm-hmm. in the Upstate. 
I mean, they, they have taken a count. We got a, a guy, one of their legends, Darius Wardlaws, all the way in Texas, and he's got that whole state fired up in Texas because <laughs> he don't want to play one A football. Yeah. Um, and I think, the, and I think if you if you are Jerome and those guys, you listen to it because the one reason that was the region we talked about needed to be changed, and all you've done now is you put a class like Abbeville in there, and you're taking St. Joe's and all out, so you're still basically the same problems going to exist, maybe. To a degree, it will. I think DC. I, I think DC's school. not don't mind Abel being in there. Whether they can play with them, I don't know. But yeah. I think they don't mind them being yeah. there. Well, the well, high school. I think no, those are schools that you know a couple of those schools in there. Abbeville's going to play anyway. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to play McCormick. They're going to play Dixie. They were great now and again. They're going to play West Shoals. They're going to play a Calhoun Falls at night. Maybe not every year, but between the teams that were in that conference, they're going to see two of them every year. It don't matter if they're in the conference In a non-region schedule. Right, in a non-region schedule. The thing is, with the high school league and knowing what they do, it's too late to yeah. with the classifications to do anything about that. So yeah. It would have to be Abbeville to appeal it, though. They can't. Well, you're yeah, right. It's, mean, it's, it's already done. It's done. It's done. It's done. They've right. already went through the appeal, and they, they, have, the they went to the appellate. So yeah. they can, they're, they're, they're done. They're where they are, and that's where they're going to be. And Unless they have a special session somewhere that says, hey, can we move to it? Yeah. I mean, but I don't think that, you know, high school league is going to do that. No, I don't they think stick so to their guns. You're right with Clinton. I don't think they're happy where they're at either. So, I, so It's a lot more driving, I think, than, you know. I still I go say. back to, you know, we didn't hear Greenwood High complaining when they were in that region, whatever it was, with Boiling Springs and Gaffney. And we were having to drive an hour and a half, two hours to get to those games. You didn't have to drive to both of them in the same season. You know, you might have to go to Gaffney, but Boiling Springs will be at home next year. Gaffney will be here, and you go to more. It's, it wasn't that bad. I mean, but you didn't hear Greenwood complaining because, oh, we got to drive over an hour. Come on, people. <laughs> I mean, we drive well, further than that okay. going to Greenville games. I'm, I'm going to play the advocate here because right now, with all that, and they're saying it's a money factor. Travel, yeah, we're getting back late. Yeah. But it's also a money factor. And when you factor in what we wanted to talk about, and that's what nobody else over there agrees, with, agrees with, is what's going on with the turf in Abbeville. And, yeah. and that money has been allocated or, you know, we're supposed to be for the turf, but it can't be used for anything else. But you know, somehow, some way, they've got to be able to find money to pay the bus and so, drivers. Um, and, and uh, well, and I think they were uh, one of the deals that they had uh, to get the turf field was that there was some kind of NFL connection, but it was a matching grant. We'll right. give you this much money, but you got to raise that much money or give us that much money. And the school board said, we're not giving it to you. <laughs> and so everybody said, well, why won't you give it to us? And that's the ongoing argument now. To me, The fans Abbeville, are saying that, yeah. Yeah, Abbeville, you fans that are complaining about it, reach in your wallet, throw a $10 bill in that bucket every <laughs> other week until you get that matching grant that you need and put the fill in yourself. Don't wait on the district to do it. You don't have to wait on the yeah. district. Will approve. You've got to get it approved by the district, sure. But I think it's just like when we built the stadium at Emerald. It was the same type situation. The district didn't give them a dime, but you had to go to the district and get permission to do it, and then once it got done, you turned it over to the district to maintain it. No big deal. 
get out and raise two hundred thousand dollars. Or budget it, like you're talking about. Well, well, you get out. You got to raise that money so mm-hmm. you can get the matching grant money. Mm-hmm. They'll say we're going to give you one dollar for every two you raise. So, if you know, you also brought up a, a good point while we were talking about all the the, the pre work that we were doing. Yeah. In that, Dixie has a foundation of their own. Right. You know, Abbeville could have that same thing, and all that thing would help huge yeah. as far as raising yeah. some money for that. You look at what that foundation, and it's not just. And I don't want people to misunderstand it. It's not an athletic foundation. It is a foundation for the school. They give scholarships to the top to the students. Uh, the teachers can request anything they want or need for their classroom. If if the district's not giving providing it for them, they can go and say, "Look, I want to do this. I need a new computer. I need a printer in my." The foundation will take it under advice. They'll read it if they feel like it's deemed necessary. They'll give it to them. Mm-hmm. One of the first things the foundation did was put up lights on the baseball field. That baseball and the softball field didn't have lights forever because the district just said no. You know, but then, that, yeah. but then the high school league started changing rules that you couldn't leave school till this time, and that's you know. All of a sudden, baseball games being played. Uh oh, it's getting dark. We can't. We got to call. We got to have lights. Foundation put them up. I mean, that's just what they do. And, and Abbeville could do the same. Any high school could do the same mm-hmm. thing. You don't. I mean, and they've got the booster club too. Now, don't get me wrong. And the booster club's gonna help out the athletic department with their uniforms and equipment, that type stuff. So. Uh, all thing I say is people in Abbeville just reach in your pockets and do like every other school in, in the state does and raise the money yourself. Yeah. Get the corporations involved. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So. I love just hearing y'all talk. I talk about this stuff all the time. So I love hearing y'all talk about something different and good. So I, mean, I, love, I love hearing it, man. Keep it rolling. All right. So we've got all that going on. Speaking of which, aren't they ever going to get the turf? Is that still on the table or is it like – and tabled and it, it's still I think it's the grant is there for them if they want it still if if the people and the school wants it there's a there's an avenue to get it without the school board just writing a check and saying go get the field done there's generally a timetable with any kind of grant it has to be matched there's usually right. a timetable yeah and that's what they would have to worry about is yeah. at Aiken County I mean Abbeville yeah. County council and stuff school districts or whatever they they know what that date is and and that's when you really because here's the thing i'm gonna be honest whoever came up with that one and went and got that grant i applaud you buddy because that that's not always easy to attain or even be seriously looked at uh when you're dealing with stuff like that for you to go out there on your own and try to get this thing if you are abbeville and it will help you and it you know how i feel about the turf i'm not totally for the turf part Right. Um, but I, I love the new grasses that we see it like like we, you and I talked about Northwestern, uh, kind of like Greenwood. I, I I don't like North Augustus yeah. really at all. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, but if if this is a possibility and it would help, and I think it would, and maybe this is what happened with been these for a long time, and it might have just been that push from Dixie to say we got our own stuff over here, man, but we have our own foundations. You got to get into the 2000s. You can't live yeah. in the 1950s anymore. Yeah. And that might be the push they need, Tom. Huh? We've seen changes over at you know at Botsville, but, but this is the thing too: is dropping down to one A going to help that push? 
You know, or how many people are going to say, you play in 1A ball, why do you need? <laughs> and how many 1A turf? schools have turf? Right. That's the I other mean, question. Uh, now, some of the newer ones, quite possibly they do, you know. But how many new schools are being opened in any county that's opening as a 1A school? They're not. They're opening as four and five A's, it seems like. <laughs> I think St. Joe's has a synthetic. Maybe not a turf, but a synthetic. And that, that would be the first thing I would do if I was whoever's on the different boards over there. I would say is, listen, it. I know how grants work. If we can't have it for this, can this be an option? Can a synthetic turf be an option as opposed to turf turf? Because you say turf and a lot of people just cringe. Coaches, doctors, they cringe because of that word turf. We saw it didn't work in the NFL. You had so many injuries because of it. and So, like I said, somebody did their due diligence and, and tried to get this thing done. And I, I think any time the NFL is willing to give – the, the thing is, though, if they've already offered it to Abbeville and Abbeville doesn't take it, somebody else is waiting in the wings. Somebody's going to get it, yeah. Somebody's, somebody's waiting gonna, in the wings. Somebody's going to say, we can raise them. We can, we've got the matching grant. We, we've got the matching money. And I might be we'll all it takes. It They're yeah. watching it. Yeah. So it may be Bellevue High School in yeah. Texas, yeah. and they know that Abbeville you know, City or, or the school board decided against it, and they say, hey, they make the call and say, we got it now. We'll write you a check. Come on. Yeah. So it depends on the timetable with that, yeah. too. So. We'll find out. Let's crawl on to the next subject real quick. <laughs> we were doing so well. We were. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into uh, the wrestling because we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about in high school. Um, congrats first and foremost, though, to the Greenwood Eagles middle school team. They finished first in the Coaches Association State Tournament. Um, Sophie Ricardo uh, finished second in the girls' 114 weight class. Um, Jalupe Jose, she finished and won the title at the 124 weight class with three pins by the way, uh, in order to do so. Uh, Haven uh, Watley um, won the 200 weight class with two pins that are there. And, uh, you know, these are all future Eagles that are moving up yeah. for the ones that are graduating this year. we got some really good girls in wrestling over at Greenwood High that are going to be graduating this year um, as well. And they're going to be stepping into that role already state champions. So. Like I said, this this whole Lakeland area is growing, not just at Greenwood, not just at Emerald, not just at Abbeville, not just at Dixie. Lakeland's is blessed in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like I told you the other day, Stan wasn't here, but, I mean, I, I would say we're as competitive in wrestling as we've ever been in football. Yeah, Those two sports are now closer than they've ever been during the off-seasons and they stuff. So. They follow in that way. Um, Greenwood girls wrestling, we had four that qualified for the state tournament. Um, you got Lily uh, Labounty. She finished fourth in the 120-pound weight class. Um uh, Alyssa Ricardo, she finished second in the 125. Angel, um, or excuse me, Angie Molina finished second in the 130. And Kennedy Washington, again, won the uh, Tournament uh, of Champions at the 190-pound weight class, so she continues to roll on. And that tournament is going to be taking place. Anderson Civic Center, February 23rd and 24th. They'll be doing that alongside the guys as well, which when you look at the guys, uh, congrats to Greenwood Eagles uh, as well. Uh, they won their region last week or over the course of the weekend. So congrats to them. Um, they've got uh, all kinds of folks that, uh, you know, 14 wrestlers, all of them, matter of fact, going to the upper state championship. It was a big weekend. Yeah. I mean, that was huge there. Mm-hmm. We, we expected it. Don't I mean, don't think I didn't expect Greenwood to send that many wrestlers to it. But 14, that's, that's, that's everybody. That's all your weight classes. In, in this area, though, I mean, and, and it, it starts, like you say, in the middle school. But Lander, we can't forget about the wrestling program they have. Over, and all of these are quality programs that are putting 
kids in the position to be successful and, and to carry on at the next level. And that's what's important. And can't leave out the Vikings as well. They had seven mm. that are going to compete mm. in the 3A wrestling tournament as well. Um, congrats to them. And one of them, uh, Christopher Fazio, uh, who we followed his career football-wise, uh, yeah. doing a good job. Uh, miss having his mom I know. <laughs> around here as well. But uh, he, along with Vance Powell, yeah, Mason Klein, uh, Caleb Boots, um, Peyton Searles, uh, Malachi Conway, Caleb Jeffries, uh, all involved in going to that championship February 17th at Powdersville is where it's going to be. Awesome. So. Congratulations to all of them. Yep. And speaking of all that, here comes the big event tomorrow. If you oh. love wrestling, tomorrow is huge because it is the Lakelands uh, Wrestling Tournament, Lakelands Tournament that's going to be taking place. you got Emerald, Greenwood, Greenwood Christian, 96, Abbeville, Dixie, and Clinton. Seven schools from around the Lakelands all competing. Starts at $5.37 a ticket to get in. And wow. all these schools are quality wrestling schools. They will, I guarantee you, you take any one of those schools and they'll have multiple kids going to state yeah. already. And, and Dixie beat Abbeville, by the way, this past weekend, so... Got a little revenge there. They've been big tiles, man. I'm telling you, that's, that's are they going to have enough seating? They, that's they, the show be, to go to. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> a don't, lot don't sit in stand because we we do have fire marshals with, with codes around here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it'll be it will be a a packed house as many as they can get in there. So. Yeah. All right, senior wrestlers will be recognized, too, at the tournament for all the schools. Um, also remember that Emerald has a clear bag policy, and they'll have the metal detector, so if you want to get there, get there early to go along with that. Sounds good. All right, anything else with high school we need to talk about? Well, I was uh, going to say, um, I still don't have any. I none haven't, of, none of the basketball teams really had a – Phenomenal weekend. We talked about it Thursday. We're kind of in the middle of the region now, and you're starting to see the replays are, you know, you've already played this team once. Now you're seeing them a second time. So we're starting to see a little bit of differences. The mindset for me, though, is McCormick because for some reason, again, they're not letting people in the games. Yeah, they got that game against uh, uh, Calhoun Falls. What I heard is that. Uh, at the McCormick, I think it was Elberton game. It was Lincolnton County. Lincolnton County. Yeah. There was some threats made, and uh, so coming to the next game, which was Calhoun, and this was by fans, yeah. not by players, no brawls, no, you know, this was some of this social media stuff. That's what it is. And, and, uh, and, to the principals and ADs of the schools, they just said, "Look, we're seeing too much of this stuff on social media for to not pay some attention to it, which I think is great." Now, for the fans, no, we hate it, but with the world in which we live today, I think the right call was made. Well, like yeah, I said, you get the kids get to play the game. You still get officials. You know, and I feel sure they're going to let the parents in. But that's no, they're not be, letting anybody in. Not anybody. No parents. Okay. Nobody. This is, nobody. And, and the reason I asked I brought this up is because the school didn't do this. McCormick County Sheriff's Office did. So they've seen what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, which <laughs> I do have a connection on that one, too. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, this, a good is game. Being, oh, this is being aware of your surroundings and, and the police department doing – 
Uh, we may say, oh, they overthinking it, they getting out, you know, oh, it'll never happen here. Well, that's what all those schools that had the shooting said. It would yeah, never don't, happen We here. don't see the sights, but a good yeah. game play was played this weekend. Was it Friday or Saturday between Abbeville and McCormick? It was the 27th, which would have been Saturday. Because I got a text message from Cam, and he says, well, we're, we're here to not let anybody else in because it was either they, they were at peak or they the same thing had happened, and they weren't going to let anybody else in. So, next thing I was waiting on was we were going live, and they never went live. But it was a good game. I did see the score, um, and like I said, that was the only game that really happened this yeah. week. Sixty six, sixty seven, or yeah. fifty seven. So. so I mean, like I said, I, I, it worries me in some ways. But like I said, Lincoln's always been that deal with, with McCormick. I, I probably they probably rather just see the two teams not ever play anything again, but. <laughs> You know how that border stuff works. I understand. That's what makes rivalries fun, and to a point, though. I mean, yeah. as a fan, you've got to know when. But this is this is showing you the awareness, though, of the police departments, and that how seriously they're taking the stuff that they're they're seeing posted on social media, and you know, you got as a parent now, my. Mine are grown. Uh, mine are out of school, but I do have a grandson to see, and I'm hoping that in that county, if the same things were to start happening down there, that I'm hoping that that police force down there would do the same thing. You know, I don't want him having to go to school scared or try to go to an event scared. Well, I game uh, for uh, McCormick and Callan Falls coming up yeah. on the first, so uh, we'll. we'll it will be televised on the uh, high school network. So if you can ever get it, to, if you can get it, to work. Ever get it to work, I can get the South Carolina high school league meetings to work. I just can't get the games to work. Well, like I said, it's only a book. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but you're having to put your credit card on an account you're not sure yeah. about. Yeah, that's the other problem. And like I said, you put it on there and then it's like this some kind of connection is not even hooked up or something. I'm like, yeah, this is a scam. I'm getting off of it. But ironically enough, that might be where we should look for that digital fingerprint because I told a lot of people when they would come on our site and say, they say, we got this game. Mm-hmm. Couldn't our site, pay for this site. And I told them, man, don't scam people like that, man, because I can't even get you to pull up. So that might be where we got hacked. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so we're still in the process of getting that. We're fixed. working on it. Trying to follow us on Facebook. <laughs> Just know that we have been. Well, if you've ever dealt with Facebook, you know you can never talk to anybody in person. So we're having to go through the. Uh, uh, yeah, we say the steps in order to make. And that I happen, love, like but. I said, I don't. I have no problem putting it on my personal page. I mean, I, and I, I, everybody's gotten back to me. We'd, they've been cool about it. And like I said, keep it coming because I'm gonna keep it. Yeah. I'm gonna keep throwing it at you. So. All right, American Legion Greenwood Post-20 Baseball. They had the state meeting this past Sunday as go along with it. So that means what's next? Tryouts, right? Yeah. Looking yep. forward to the season, according to Ty Vines, uh, for the summer of 2024. Um, tryout dates are going to be announced here shortly, so you can stay tuned for all of that. I know the high schools are just kicking off. Uh, Greenwood High has got tryouts. Emerald's got tryouts. Today. Um, yeah. Uh, all major, all the, Pretty much all the high schools have tryouts that are going on right now. So we'll follow along with that uh, and let you know when it is. But you can go ahead and get registered. Uh, you can go to Greenwood Post 20 Baseball on your Facebook and uh, just go down there to Ty Vines has got a uh, little uh, 
banner thing that's down there. You can go ahead and click on that. It'll take you to the site, and you can register for baseball and softball at the American Legion level here in South Carolina. Man, Stan Sales ain't them girls going back again. Yep. And like I said, I think this is one of the more exciting years because you got you know you got Todd doing his thing and does a great job, and you got a new coach. I think a lot of people in the in the Lakelands and the Upstate are excited to see what he's going to be able to do here. Yeah, softball wise as well. Timmer yeah. that's coming back. That's right. So, T's uh, back, and so T's really good at the at the girls' softball stuff. He really is. So come on out and support American Legion baseball this summer, and uh, go ahead and spread the word if you would. That'd be great. So we can get as many people registered. Of course, we got three junior teams. You got the seniors, <laughs> and you got the the softball to go along with it. You have they a lot may of have a junior softball this they year. They might. We'll see. So, see how the rest of the state fares out. That might be the side. Well, factor. you know, we wanted the first to have the the girls softball to begin with, and so, and I think from from year one they've considered it, and but with the number, and I think we've we've made mention of this before. Greenwood American Legion Post Twenty had the most athletes in their program of any post in the nation. Uh, that's saying something, and and you want to add to that number? Yeah. Uh, it's it's alive and doing well, doing good. All right, well let's uh, go ahead and move on to the college ranks. A lot going on in and around the Lakelands here as well. We got Erskine and um, the Bearcats, Lander Bearcats, to talk about first with Erskine. Let's congratulate the uh, men's volleyball team. They kind of cruise past Benedict in straight sets. When you look what they're able to do, three sets to none um, in this one, and uh, again, it just total domination. Thirty-four kills to twenty. They had only eleven errors to the seventeen by Benedict. Um, you look at the hitting percentage was at thirty-five compared to four. <laughs> Who for Benedict oh. right now? Um, and assists thirty-three to eighteen. Also eight aces to one. They also had three blocks. Now Benedict did have seven blocks in the course of all this, but um, you know this men's team continues to roll on, and and right now they're four and two uh, on the season um, in a very young season. But men's, have you ever seen men's volleyball? It really is a treat to see. And, and, and we got kind of exposed to it with Karch Karai and all that and the Olympic yeah, volleyball we and where it went from there. And here it is spreading down into South Carolina now. It used to be a lot of times after football games on Fridays, Saturdays, it would have the men's big time, like Nebraska guys. And I, I just don't know where, like I said, I share this stuff on my own personal page, and I got a lot of my friends out there that just must be asleep because when did when did Lander and, and Earth can start playing volleyball? Men. Well, oh, uh, <laughs> Erskine started what three? That's three or four years ago. Four no, years they've ago, they've been around longer than that. Oh, it's wow. been about ten years. Yeah, I was gonna say they've been, been around a good while. Yeah, I was just like, where have we all been? But anyway, we gotta get your page back up because they love the page. They're like mine. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll follow along. Also, Erskine track and field. Hey, these folks are for real. Um, and you're saying what? Erskine's got a track and field team. Yes, they do. And they've got some pretty good guys um, uh, and gals as well. Halen Button ended up uh, in fifth place in the 60-meter dash, time of 7.08. Uh, he also went and did the 400-meter dash. Uh, that was where he finished 12th in 51.04 to go along with that. And then they had two more that qualified for the championship. Joey Tinsdale in the one-mile run took sixth in four minutes and 44 seconds, or 14 seconds, which is, is flying. For, yeah, I mean, you're running a mile in four minutes and 14 seconds. Took sixth. And then uh, Angel uh, Redondo in the 3,000-meter run uh, finished 23rd in a time of 8.43.97. 
So. Shaq's got some players over there that he can go after. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you can't forget about the field portion of it and the weight throw. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grayson Marlowe finished 11th, throwing for 14.01 meters. Mm. I tell you, the one that surprises me about Erskine and, and Landers, the bass fishing teams, they are both <laughs> rolling right now, too. And I'm like, what? And people are like, well, wait a minute, when did this start? So I'm telling you right now, if you don't like to play just regular sports like football, baseball, basketball, and you like to fish and like to hunt, start looking around because there's scholarships out here. Well, Erskine and Landers, both of them. Skeet shooting, yeah. air rifle, uh, you know, of course, the bass. And the bass fishing, I mean, that's every. I mean, Carolina's got one. I mean, that, everybody's got a bass team now. I think Dixie started. Yeah. <laughs> Dixie has. Uh, well, 96 has got one. Dixie's got one. Abbeville, I think, has one as well. And, and these, and you're saying these, they even have junior varsity guys. I mean, they, <laughs> they've got kids in the sixth and seventh grade that are out there. These anglers. Compete, competing yeah. in bass tournaments. So. And they're getting ready to start up again here. They too. are. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be another month. And, and they'll they're they're already out there on the lake, man. You start to see them coming rolling <laughs> through Troy now. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, Bearcats uh, on the men's side, the 10th-ranked Bearcats in two a, Division II. Uh, they go down and take on Columbus State. A big road win for them, 67-70. to 70. The Bearcats end up winning this one uh, by three points in another dominating game uh, and having to, to come back and win by uh, Jacob Cooper and Dominic Stafford. But, Tom, these are the ones they lost last year. Mm-hmm. That's why you know this is a, is, is a little bit more experienced uh, basketball team is because last year that would have been a five, ten point loss. They would have never even been able to mount a comeback. And like I said, Cooper is starting to play really well. It's not just the old show it used to be because, like I said, he's starting to play really well. Well, and this is a case we we always talk about. You know, once you get the conference play, it's a must that you win your home games. But when you go on the road, you got to find ways to win close ball games on the road if you want to be there at the end and go to the big dances. And this is what the slander team has been able to do this year. They've been able to get on the road and win a three-point game. And that's, you know, and that's going to serve them well in the very near future because, boys, we about to February. March Madness is just around the corner. And you got the the regular teams that just give us fits coming up. So. Yeah, we'll be coming that way through again. But you, yep. you mentioned Jacob. Yeah, he led all scores with 19, um, had eight assists to go along with all that. That's huge um, for that young man in the process. He also ended up with uh, uh, three steals um, and four rebounds. So, you know. He, he just continues to roll. He's one of three in double figures. But he's also been one that's been close to that triple-double mm. in the last yeah. two or three games, too. And like I said, it amazes me that he gets a rebound and the assists and the steals from the forward spot. So. But how about this? Lander was 50% from the three-point line. Went 10 of 20. You don't lose that's, like that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's shooting eyes out of it from three. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you, you look at – I think the average is like 31 to 36, somewhere in that Around, neighborhood. I was going to say about 35, 36. Yeah. It's somewhere in that neighborhood for the men's and the women's. And uh, anytime you get anybody shooting above, say, 42%, it's uh, you thinking, oh, this is you – know, but for a team to shoot over fifty, you know, shoot 50%, that's uh, – Y'all watch a different basketball while I watch. I'm yeah. telling you, if you're around 30, 30 – 
one percent in the men's game and the women's game. Y'all watching big time. Yeah, I'm telling you because they're those percentages are that's outrageous. There, that's what yeah. the word astronomical came from. Here's another stat for you to throw out there in this game. Lander had 30 bench points. That's yeah, huge. That's huge. So that's that, that's resting your starters. That's Omar that, doing his that, thing. That's sounding a little bit like that little team down there in Columbia. <laughs> that women's team down there that. Everybody on the bench plays. Everybody scores, and the bench is outscoring the starting five. And the bench don't want to start. Pull yeah, all, yeah. pull all, decline again. Yeah. She, 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 it was I yesterday. I know my role. I know my. She's. I like coming off the bench. And yeah. I mean, when, when you can come off the bench and you can put eighteen in the basket, then you're you're fine where you're at. Yeah. And I, I do think she will be starting by the time we get to tournament time. I think she's going to earn her way to the top. All right. Uh, for the ladies, um, let's talk about the Lady Bearcats. They suffer their first Peach Belt it's Conference loss uh, on loss. Saturday. Tough one. 62-60 to 60, the final in this one. Um, when you look at it, and uh, you know, Lander falls to 14-4, but they're 7-1 still. Um, this loss does not take them out of first place in the Peach Belt Conference. However, um, you know, they'll have a, a rematch coming up with Columbus State. And that's a game. Two-point game, they're going to look at the game film and they're going to pick out plays and said, if we had only, you know, this was that type of game. And, uh, again, this is one of those games when you've got to find a way to win it. And more times than not, the Atlanta girls have been able to, just like the boys. They've been able to find it now. I think I read turnovers were the problem in this game. I think that's what I read earlier. Well, which is unusual. Which is unusual. Because um, this team doesn't turn the ball over very well. Not very often at all. Uh-uh. They're usually they're they're protective of that basketball. And like I said, you gotta say just like you know Omar and the men's team. You know, this is another coach coming off of replacing a, a legend, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, last year we didn't see these results, and we're starting to see her and her players believe into the system. So getting her system in place. Yep, and it's working. Yep. Yeah, 15 turnovers they ended up with. So you're That's right. a lot of turnovers. Lot. And, I mean, those you can't make because, like I said, have you got the peach belt right there as far as uh, standings? I can find out. I mean, put you on. I mean, I know you, got, you got your show rolling the way you want to. Know. Here I am trying to ask for specialties. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see where the usual uh, villains stand right now in the peach belt. You're the young Harris, you're Augustus, and you're uh, all that route. All right. We all know they're behind Lander right now. Yeah, they That's are. That's all that counts. <laughs> That's all that matters. All right. <laughs> we want women's sports. Um, goodness gracious, how come I'm not seeing? Because there's a lot of them. I mean, you got a lot of women. Peaceful is huge now with all the different sports that are being played. There we go. Women's basketball is what we wanted, right? Yep. And you want to see who's where? Yeah, I, yeah, I just want to see the, the standings for Peachville right now, who, who's where in, at this time of the year. All right. Um, right now, Georgia Southwestern and Lander are tied at 7-1. and one. Augusta is at 6-2. and two. You got Columbus State, who they just lost to at 5-3. and three. North Georgia's 4-4, four and four, as is Clayton State. So you got um, Georgia College and State University at 3-5, and five, along with Flagler. And then bringing up the bottom, uh, Buford at 1-7, and seven, and Aiken is wow. winless. So the Pacers are having the trouble that Lander had girls had last year. You still got the, the usual, you know, the – 
that North Georgia team is the one that playoff time comes or tournament time comes. They just seem to come out of nowhere, and I'm glad they're kind of a little below where they normally stand right now. Stars and Stripes making their way through Howard's yeah. as we speak. So I'm glad that they Haley were being careful not to drag that across <laughs> the floor. Haley on flag detail. On detail. Haley's good at that. <laughs> Heck, I had Lamar Jackson grabbing the football over here because he thought he pummeled it. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we're talking women's basketball, what they've been able to do. Uh, and, and that matchup coming up with Georgia Southwestern is going to be even bigger. bigger. Is it, well, that would be one that I would hope will probably be here because they've already had a couple of road games back to back. So I thought B-Red had a North Carolina jersey on over here. <laughs> the uh, last thing I want to talk about with the Bearcats, um, uh, the men, uh, or I should say the men, but the wrestling team ended up falling to the number one team in NAIA um, this past weekend, and that being Latham. Um, you know, they, <laughs> uh, they're probably one of the better teams, I guess you would say, uh, in the nation. They would give a lot of the Division two, even the Division one teams, a run for their money. There's two losses in a row for this team, too, and that's unusual. Yeah. So, expect that somebody's going to get rebounded on pretty hard or Matt wrestled pretty hard, let's say. Yeah, um, but you look at Zane Latham, he, you know, he, he's one of the tougher ones that are out there, and against West Liberty, he had a battle for a second-place finish. So It makes you better, though, I'm telling you. Yeah. Anytime you're playing, even in wrestling, you play teams with <clears throat> just as good. You got you to play your – you wrestle your butt off, so to speak. <laughs> And the thing about wrestling, and what I've noticed in, in the years that I've been watching high school wrestling and, and college wrestling, is the ones that are more aggressive are usually the ones that end up winning this. It is. You mean yeah. you can't you can't be passive in wrestling? I remember watching old Gage himself, both high school and college. Man, that cat! If he didn't come up for that leg on that first, <laughs> as soon as they went at it, it was over, because he was coming for that leg. So. All right, I'm going to start with the loser's bracket first here as far as the big guns. <laughs> we'll start oh, no. with Clemson. Um, boy, they had their uh, their troubles against Duke. Ended up being a one-point uh, one loss, 70-71 to 71 when you look at it. And, um, Basketball you can't help IQ. But, yeah, <laughs> you can't help but shake your head a little bit and say, uh, you know, you had this one. You, you know, had it. You had this one. And uh, Filipowski – who's that freshman from on last year's sophomore this year, he got into foul trouble early. But then all of a sudden the second half you let him back into it and get into a rhythm in the process in order for them to come back. You've got to keep that cat out of the paint. Well, that and they, and, and you, here again, it just – there's other games that we'll talk about that's the same way. Here's what I'm going to do. You in the last I got Mikey Christie right there. I'm going to stand up. But you know what, Brownell? You doing your job, brother. Because how many teams have gone into Cameron Indoor over the years and just been run out of that building, man? You're doing your job. You recruit against North Carolina and the Dukes and the VTs every year. And everybody wants your butt gone. I think you're a good basketball coach. you got a great team. And you're going to be a team you don't want to play tournament time. This Clemson team is going to be dangerous in tournament. But, okay, <clears throat> and I can agree with you to a point on that. But you look at the maturity and the age of this Clemson team. If they don't make the tournament this year, what are they going to be like next year? Because they're going to lose P.J. Hall. He's going to be gone. His eligibility's I mean, up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so – who you got? Who you gonna replace him with? I mean, he's got some youngsters that are there now. That, but 
are they going to stick around the program for another year after the one they just had this year, or that they're having this year? I know Gerard's going to stay. And it's 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 looking, you know, I at the first of the year I was I was liking this team. I still like them, but there's something still amiss, and. Whether it's Brownell's coaching, I don't know. He, I think it's Ghost in Cameron. It's, it's, it's well, a it's, lot of it's, X's it's the and blue O's. blood, you know, you can't win in our building thing. But the North Carolina <laughs> loss at home is one that staggers. That's me. the yeah. one. Now, I'll give yeah. y'all credit yeah. on that one. But I mean, I was just, you know, when I end up seeing it and how the game ended, and you start seeing your, your Clemson normal people talking about getting out of the ACC because of the officiating. And look, officials. Are often in everything. I'm. I can say it now. We don't have to worry about somebody. Yeah, everybody else. Yeah, everybody else I mean, it is. It too, I'm yeah. talking about football, baseball, and it's. Yeah. A, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm appreciating football, baseball, basketball. It's difficult to do it, but these guys are. You're paying, so you got to find they, somebody that you want to give the money to. That's worth something. And I mean, the officiating has been horrible in basketball this year. Well, Girls you, and guys. You've got the. Uh, what's the old saying? Make them put their nose to the grindstone. I mean. You're getting paid to do a job. We we expect a quality job, especially at this level. Uh, if you can't do it, we'll find somebody down here that will do it for the money we're paying you. And it's it's not just ACC. I mean, it's spread out all over. We saw it. We've seen it in men's games and women's games, and and everybody in the country's talking about it. And it's only going to get worse when we get to tournament time. <laughs> And you start having teams from the ACC playing against a team from the Pac-12, and you've got what Big East officials, and and, and these coaches are saying, "Wait a minute, we didn't get that foul. That that's not a foul in our league. Come on." A little different. Well, yeah. Brad Brunell uh, knows a lot more about his basketball team than yeah. we do. So here's his post-game conference uh, after the uh, loss um, that continued the drought that dates back all the way to January of 1995 and his thoughts uh, on how his team did. Unbelievably disappointed with the ending. Um, we had a couple chances to put it away ourselves and didn't execute a really good sideline play, and P.J. stepped up made big free throws. Um, it's hard to win here. I think a lot of people in the room, on the court, um, get caught up in the emotion of the game. And uh, I thought that happened tonight. Um, really disappointed with how it was, uh, how it ended. Um, give the give the Duke kids credit for being aggressive and taking it to the basket, but that's 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 really poor. That's poor. So. We got to get better for it, but uh, really hate hate it for my players. This was uh, thought we played very well tonight in a lot of ways, and and uh, obviously did not be rewarded with a win. Is is stings. Coach, I think uh, Duke had two field goals in the last six minutes. One with yeah. that fast break steal. They yeah, did the free throw line. Did yeah, you? yeah. I mean, like I said, this is it's hard to win here for a lot of reasons. It really is, and. Uh, Tonight was an example of that. That's all I'm going to say. That's so uh, all that we've been talking about, that was his response to what was going on with the officiating in regard to it at the end there. So, um, But you can you can hear the disappointment in there. And I, uh, just to kind of throw insult on top of it, they had a couple of fans, uh, Duke fans that were there dressed in Carolina jerseys. That, 
They were. <laughs> I like I said, he can't say a whole lot about officiating because there are fines and there are penalties if right. he says it. But yeah. like I said, that you you can see certain things going on with it. And all in all, like I said, man, you go to Cameron, and I mean, there's not many times, no matter who was coaching, from OP to when Pernell was there, and they just have never had that success at Duke. Nobody does. And I just don't like like I said, the fanfare being on them for that. I mean. There are many times I'd rather have Brown Brownell than we had at Carolina, and like I said, I'm 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 excited about our young coach, but but I, but here again, I look at uh, that game a one point loss, one second left on the clock, and you fouling a guy that's getting getting to the basket. How did he get to the basket? That you can't play, you can't slow him down coming down the court. You can't. There's you can play defense to help that, but it's a fifty fifty shot if he gets the shot off. You foul him, what, what's his free throw percentage? Probably 75 to 90. So, And he's only got to hit one to tie and put you in overtime. But um, got to play smart. That, and, and Coach said it. They had chances to put the game away, and they didn't do it. And you can Chris made a comment about the ghost of Cameron. Well, <laughs> that might be. And, and, he's, and Coach is talking about the atmosphere and the kids getting caught up. This is a Division One basketball team. You shouldn't be getting caught up in the building of an opponent. Well, you've got to play the, the, your game. You know, you've got to put. You've it's got the to let history that, go that they've in. had over the, history, the course. But because you've got other schools. I mean, North Carolina, yeah. Dean Dome is the same way. Same way. But you know, but then you you say that, and then you come back and you look at the North Carolina game when they played in Little John. That was a game Clemson could have won. Should have won. And should have won it. And it wasn't because of the fishing eight, and it was because they were playing better basketball. He just hit my point for me. As B-Red walks off, saying <laughs> just hit my point, Brownell is a basketball coach. Whether you like him or you don't, he knows how to coach basketball. It's getting the players to believe into it. I mean, you're the game. You, this is the one you should have won. Stat yeah. line across, yeah. you won this game. Yeah. P.J. Hall, 19-10-1. and one. Their best player was uh, McCain at, what, 21-5-2? This kid averages 13 rebounds a game. You held him to five. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a game that Clemson played their heart out and lost that game. That's what I'm telling you. Come playoff time, you don't want to play the Tigers. the Tigers. Tigers are going to be tough to play. All right, they're going to be uh, taking on Louisville tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, back at Little John. That's when the next time they hit the court. So that means DOT, you won't have any equipment because they're going to get that stuff again, which I love that atmosphere when they bring <laughs> when they bring the crowd in there with the, their DOT stuff on. I love that aspect. So, And Gamecocks don't be up there. <laughs> wear, your, wear your clothes in Tennessee and get under the basket up there. All right. Going to say congrats to the Lady Tigers as well. They pick <laughs> up a big win over Division One school. <laughs> T1 school beat Wake Forest rather easily, 73 to 59 in this one, which means they moved to nine and 12 overall, two and seven in the ACC. Amari uh, Robinson uh, was five of 12 in the shooting. She was one for one in three point range, and she hit all uh, but two of her free throws. She was 10 of 12. And that's when I started so. earning my money. So with Coach Butler. So. <laughs> I mean, that's why I started. Uh, we we joke ahead, about go it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, we joke about it. But, man, like I said, I mean, we talked about it two, what, two games ago. I'm like, what's happened to your top four players not even getting minutes? Right. And it changed. I mean, it's not because she heard what we said, but, I mean, Amari Robinson. Amari Robinson's having 23 a game. <laughs> Ruby Whitehorn, she had 14 in that game. McKenzie, 
Kisner is at 17-5. Those are the three guys, the ladies we were talking about. And boom, there you are, and you're playing an ACC conference game at home, and you win. Like I said, anytime Clemson gets a win on the ladies' side, I think it's a bonus. I, we joke about it. I, you know, I always talk about my association with that team, but there will be a change made eventually. I mean, I'm not, I, I know well, you can't keep you can't keep going two and seven no. or three and ten or whatever it's going to end up. Well, I can give you details. Uh, Tom's ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were seven of eleven last year, three of fifteen the year before that, five of twelve back in uh, twenty twenty one, three of fifteen in nineteen twenty, and uh, when she started, <laughs> she went nine and seven. That was her best year. That she's had. You said nineteen twenty. Um, Two thousand eighteen. Oh, I thought I was older than I thought. I was saying, "Good yeah. gracious, that lady's been coaching." I don't think she'll make that mark this year. Yeah, I don't this think is her sixth season, and, and yeah. you've got to reevaluate now. I think. And well, the thing about it, and and in your reevaluation, you've got to look at it and forget about the non-conference stuff. Just look at what we have done in conference. You have not fin- had a team to finish in the top ten in this conference. No argument there. there. <laughs> that, there's not a, I mean, there's not a lot of teams in the conference. You know it's what, 16? I mean, sixteen. I mean, you're fishing in you you you're finishing in the bottom third of the conference for six years. No. That that that's not for what we're paying you. Uh uh-uh. you can do better. All right. I believe uh, where is it? I saw a stat somewhere that that they're they're the third. They're not the worst team. Wake Forest is the worst, <laughs> worst team. Who they just played? Who they just played in one for their second win? Yeah, yeah, for their second win. And then uh, uh, Winston Salem is the next one, and then Clemson is third from the bottom. Yeah, right now in the yeah. ACC women's side. All right, now you need to keep that stat up since I've just started my association with this team, women's team. <laughs> Two weeks ago, so, but no, like I said, you're starting to see it turn around. I don't, I don't look, man. We, we realize, and this is, I won't say by any means is the ACC ladies, Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. Those are your cream of the crops right there. The only question is, like every time everybody asks, me, "Well, we gonna fire coach? Who are you going after?" So that'd be the question you got to ask right now. I know you wanted Kevin Pedersen, what we did a couple years, years ago, but now who do you go get? If you're the Tigers, have you got a young buck on that staff that's ready to step up? Or you you know somebody in Columbia under Dawn's staff that's ready to have her own team? Where do you look for a coach for the women's team? I think though? you go over to Lander take a look at uh, what they got going on over there right now. Because she came in in her first year and implementing her new system over what Kevin Pedersen had. But um, we don't want to lose around. her. We don't want we, to. We but, want I mean, to. hey. I'd, I'd, rather see <laughs> Patterson, I'd rather see Patterson leave Coastal and go to – because I know he wants to be at Clemson. He's a graduate from there now. That, that's where he wants to be. He wants to coach that team. Clemson, give the guy a chance. You know, you've seen what he done. He did at Lander. You're seeing what he's re- doing at Coastal. He's, yeah, he's having to rebuild a program. But guess what? Clemson, your program needs rebuilding. It does. When you're finishing and in, in, – in the bottom of the league year after year after year, there's, 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 re- why, 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 I mean, you're putting just as much money into it as everybody else is, but you're not getting the results. What was his deal at 
Coastal, do we know what, how many uh, years does he get? It, it's what his contract was. I mean, I just wonder if it's something that can be looked at as of like today and say, Cle- all right, let's Clemson's, see what we got to go get. Clemson's got enough money to buy out his contract. That wouldn't be no problem, I don't think, if they really wanted him. And we, we you know? look, we understand what's the kid's name, Neff, the new AD. Yeah. Right. He, 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 he's used to, he wants winning. He don't want media, mediocrity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't want to finish second behind the Gamecocks. Now, that, my friend, may not change for a while. I'm just saying, until Dawn moves on. <laughs> but I do agree with Stan that something's got to be done. If you know who you want as a coach, and if it is Kevin Pedersen, you call down there and you talk to the AD, and even if you get Cliff on the phone, hey, man, let me talk to him. I know you're supposed to be on the golf course, but, you know, let me talk to him and see what's up. And if he really wants to come to Clemson, I think he can change right away. Mm-hmm. I think the dynamic at Clemson's, uh, Clemson's women basketball would change with, with Pettison there because he's a grad and he wants to be there. And you well, start we, looking, ne- we never could understand why they went after Butler anyway. I mean, cause not with their record. You, you at look Florida. at what she <laughs> did at Florida over ten years. Why do I want to go get somebody that's mid- middle of the pack SEC to bring them in to coach my team, and I want my team at the top? No, you, that. Uh-uh. It just it doesn't work. Do you go in and you find an assistant with like um, at some of these other schools that all of a sudden are becoming really big, like at maybe at Iowa, Colorado? Um, I would look in conference. Louisville is a team well, that's well, got that young lady. NC State, BT. Uh, I mean, BT, um, you play them every year twice. And and even if you don't look there, look at some of the SEC schools. Look at the Ole Miss, the the Mississippi States, the. The Vanderbilts, you know, that now the coach at Vanderbilt, she hadn't been there for two years. But look at some of her. Look at that record this year, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the SEC? Yeah. I think you would definitely look at around in that southeast where she recruits already. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't say go out to California and bring that lady from um, – well, and she's going to get the Stanford job when other lady retires. But, yeah. like which I said, there are a lot of good be, young coaches out there. probably going to be this year, so <laughs> – and she'd already broke K's record, so that's all she was really waiting yeah. on. All right, we'll follow uh, Amanda Butler's career for the remainder of the year. I'll keep out posted on what's going on with that program. Well, and I'll keep reminding you that it's a loss every time we get through. Well, when you play a Division One school, let's, well, let's clarify that. For the majority, but they did majority. win against Wake Forest. Yeah, Congrats to them there. Yeah. Uh, much yeah. needed win. Big win. All right, men's side, Gamecocks. Uh, they survive Ooh. a second-half charge by Missouri big time. 72-64 ends up being the big win for them overall. Um, USC broke a 46 tie with, uh, what, uh, about 14 minutes to go in that second half. Um then went on a 7-0 run, and that seems to be kind of the difference maker in this whole ball game. Because after that, it just it came down to the wire. This is a, I said it two years ago. This is a team that you would you would really follow if you were if you were an old friend guy, you would fall in love with Lamont Paris this fast. Uh, and you might have his post game. I don't know, but I got it. I, uh, I anytime this guy speaks, man, I you just listen to the volumes and how many, how fast did well he didn't have to worry about Frank's players because Frank took a lot of with him and they transferred out, but. This kid, where's he from? Chattanooga? I mean, that's where he yeah. came from. That's, that's, that's where he's from, from, and he brings a, a basically a Southern Conference offense defense style play. Yeah. And now he's got players believing in him, and I'm telling you, this is this is a pretty tough team. Now, with that being said, me and Sam both thought we'd come in here today to talk about the Gamecocks are in top 25. We got honorable mention, and we won't get top 25 next week because, like I said, we got two really good games on the road this week that are going to hurt. Missouri's a team I don't want to play anymore. Let's just say that. 
they are what nine and whatever. I mean, they're not a very good basketball team, and they gave us two. The first game was overtime, and this game we ended up winning pretty big. But Lamont's got it rolling down there, and like I said, the fans are behind him. And like I said, we got to keep playing basketball. Defense is where his team predicates the points from. They play the defense, and they score the points off of it. And and this Missouri team's a tall team. We, I mean, we got Josh Gray, who's seven, whatever. But that kid, he towered over him. You had seven two against seven five. Those two inches matter. And like I said. Stan, I think, was talking about a couple over the backs in the game. And, I mean, that team, I don't know how you don't touch them when you go over them or, or try to go around them to get it because they're so tall. But great win at home. Like I said, went on the road, what, three weeks ago when, it, when we beat them again. And now we roll into conference. We stay in conference. We got, what, I tell you, at Tennessee tomorrow at and then Tennessee, Georgia Saturday. And Georgia Saturday. So, and those Georgia, are games yeah. that we need. And those are two road games. So, it, the, the, this past week, picking up the win – NCLA against Kentucky, and then again at home against Missouri. You win your home games, and now you got to go on the road. We've been on the road. Yeah. We've won at Arkansas. We've won it. Okay, let's go on the road to Tennessee. That's going to be a tough task. That's, that's going to be – but with the defense that we play and the offensive style, they Carolina's – Likes to slow the ball down a little bit. Likes to be a little kind of patient with their thing. Make that extra pass. But they can get up and down the floor with you. But they just don't like They're They're taking seconds off of that clock. The fewer possessions Tennessee gets, the better our ch- I like our chances. Well, then you turn right around. That's on Tuesday night. Then you turn right around. You got to go to Athens. Saturday. Stedman. <laughs> Another Tough place to play. We gave them the game in Columbia when we played them here. That was a game. That's our own, the men's only loss at home this year. They want that game back. I think they're going to be favored to beat Georgia. I think Georgia's yeah, a must win for the game. Yeah, I think, I think that's the must of one. Like I said, I've watched Tennessee play a lot yeah. of games this year, and they score a lot of points. And we don't necessarily play well with those teams that score up in, into the 90s, but this is the game. we got to – we got to go to Knoxville. Was that Bowling's Arena? And we mm-hmm. we got to keep night, it. Yeah. You know, you just got to be a, keep it in the seventies. Don't let it get out of eighties. If it's yeah. if it's out of eighties, we don't have a chance. I mean, that, that game's going to get ugly. But I do well, agree if with it gets him ugly, about. You know, Mitchie's going to be jacking it up. For well, you know, and that was the funny stuff, thing so. about. Did you watch Saturday at all? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he once he started that little didn't make anything for a little bit. He basically said, "I'm done. <laughs> Y'all shoot." And I think that helped Carolina win that game. Well, but Coach Parrish at the same time is saying, <laughs> chunk them up. He, you he, can't make them if you don't shoot them. He is saying that. And that you was know, a little surprising and, and to that, me, too. And that's where we see the change in basketball philosophy over the – it used to be everything had to go inside you. You know, your Get forwards the sure points, and yeah. your center, were, that's where everything was predicated. And your two guards were just facilitator sources. You don't just no, 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 not anymore. I mean, you're seeing seven-two centers stepping out, <laughs> shooting forty-foot threes. You know, and that's why all of a sudden your gardens are your lead rebounders because all the other big guys are out there chunking up threes. The stat I didn't get was Michi because, like I said, first time I've seen a Gamecock game that he's not in a double figures. Yeah, he, or even he didn't points, get double figures, but uh, I mean, BJ Mack has BJ become Mack. the guy. Twenty-one-five. And you know, and that's our man Taylon Cooper, who we love. And that BJ Mack and Stephen Clark both are players that 
Lamont Parrish played against when he was coaching Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. He knew those two players. And he said, I want to go get those two guys. He knew what they could do. And the kid from Finland got double digits. Yeah. That, that was amazing to me, too, because he, he, I don't think he was averaging three points or two points a game. Yeah. Comes in, goes, he gets the, the 10 points, one rebound. And I say, what's his name? Yaguski. Yaguski or something, yeah. Yeah. And then you look at Cooper, a dormant product that went to Louisville and then came back home. He's a defensive star, by the yeah. way. Like I said, he had 12 well, points. But. And he understands the game and he can, he'll slow the ball game down when he needs to. He'll speed it up when he needs to. And, I think he's kind of the glue for the whole thing. Uh, I do hope that we can get Studi back pretty quick. Studi needs to come uh, back. We need to get his three-point shots back. But, uh, this is Michi. This is Michi for the game. No points, one rebound, over nine from the field. And like I said, Coach looked over there, and he, he may have told him to keep shooting him, but he, once you're 0-9, man, just come over there and just tell Coach, <laughs> I'm going to sit by you, and we're going to get somebody at least that can hit it. Because, I mean, very seldom that's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I'll be the first right. one to say, if Michi Johnson's not hitting and scoring for the game, we're probably not in the game. Now, he may come out against Tennessee, and he'll have the first 50 points of the game. Maybe I don't know what's going to happen in it, but if he is, yeah, keep shooting, bud. Keep it rolling. All right, uh, moving on and talk about the ladies. They had a couple of big games uh, to go along with it. None bigger than last Thursday night uh, against LSU. And, and guys, I don't think I've seen South Carolina come out that flat <laughs> ever. But, you know, to come back and, and, and only trail by, what, five at halftime? Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and really the only time they actually were in the lead was the last four minutes after Reese found out. Well, a couple of, you know, numbers. Here we go few numbers for y'all. All right, this was a game. Of course, college game day is going to be there. Well, it was number one against number nine, with number nine being LSU, the defending national champions. Ticket prices. Did y'all hear these? <laughs> Thousand bucks a seat is what I heard. Average price to get in. Now, this is a sold-out Maverick Center. The average price was 125 So, the node bleeds up there. <laughs> Having to look over the lights to see the court, you paid 125 bucks for the better seats in the house. 1350 something dollars per for one game. Now that ain't including the parking and uh, and all the concessions and everything else you got to buy. And then her today viewership. That's TV. Average for the game was 1.56 households. At the same time that this Division One college women, we got to remember this is a women's game, was being played. There was an NBA game being played. Same time frame. Viewership, 1.35 million. They outdrew an NBA game. And they said that was kind of the average to 1.56. But at peak, which would have been like the last five minutes, they said it was off the charts because people were seeing that score flash up on the bottom. Wait a minute. We got to go see what's happening here. You know, even if you were not a women's basketball fan, you tuned in in for the last five minutes anyway. Uh, And it's – 
And you had five Gamecocks in double figures to go along with that. And it wasn't one that just dominated the whole game. They no. took turns, and uh, you know LSU kind of picked their poison what they wanted to well, guard. LSU played seven ball players. getting back to the numbers again. Total. Now, on the scorebook, they had seven people that played in the game. Carolina, I'm thinking it was nine. It may have been ten. I know it was nine. That played. Five of those nice. scored. Five of those scored in double digits. Mm-hmm. The, the minutes. I mean, you can't expect anybody to go that long playing against a defense like Carolina was playing, and then turn around and play that same type of defense against the Carolina players who, okay, first quarter, okay, Chloe, you go out and you get your double digits in the first quarter. We're going to make LSU change their defense to shut you down. Then all of a sudden, okay, Raven, you go hit your 10. Okay, Cordoza, you get your 10. Okay, now, Bree Hall, we're going to save you for the end and you get your 10. I mean, every quarter there was somebody different that was stepping up and scoring the points. How do you defend that? <laughs> you know, well, you they know, tried. They tried to take Cordoza away. And, they really and, did. And and to you know, as long as Angel Reese was in the ball game, yet yeah, they were winning. They were, and she picked up a couple of thug fouls. We will say that, but when she puts her back in the game, she's got four fouls, and she puts her in the game. Angel Reese has been around the game long enough. She should have a little bit higher basketball IQ than somebody. The game's close. You got four over four minutes left in the game. Carolina gets a steal and they run and Raven Johnson's got the ball going in for a layup. You don't chase her all the way down the court and try to block the shot from behind. Just don't do it. Just let her throw the ball up. Be in rebound position in case she misses. She's got a fifty fifty chance of hitting it. You get the rebound if she misses. No, I'm going to foul. I'm gonna have, that's my fifth foul. I'm going over here and sit down on the bench for the last four-plus minutes and watch my team get beat by five. And then I'll fuss about officiating after the game. <laughs> um, you know... You know, it was it was the game. I mean, for women's basketball, this game was phenomenal, um, and I think it really helped. Uh, we know we've seen it in South Carolina yeah. now for a number of years, years, just how big women's basketball is, and, and it continues to grow. But I think the nation now is starting to pick up on it. Yeah. They are. I mean, like I said, you know, he, he alludes to the fact that it outdrew an NBA game, but you look at the time of where it was. I mean, NBA is not until three in the morning that you get your viewership. That's when you got the late. Eat the West Coast side teams coming on. So most of your viewership might start at 7, but nobody but picks game, up and goes to it until 9 or 10. But, see, this game didn't start till 8 o'clock Eastern yeah. Standard Time, you know, 7 Central. So it's – I was ecstatic uh, because Bayou Barbie got beat and got beat bad, and mm-hmm. it'll make it bad. But for me, man, just looking at it, you know, great win to have four players in double figures. I mean, and you, you know, I don't see my girl on here. In the stat line, pow pow, no, Tahina pow pow. Then she was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, but. I can give you her stats. She, she played thirty-eight minutes, thirty-seven seconds, had twelve points, six assists, um, two takeaways, 
Was it, she was double digit then. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even have her on my double digits. That's my song. My Tina, that's my bad. Because, <laughs> you know, I didn't see Full Wally now, either. And I'm sure she, she didn't have, well, Full Wally had eight in the first half. She didn't play but 10 minutes in the whole LSU yeah, yeah, game. She didn't play one. And then yesterday, of course, they had a Vanderbilt team that was coming in 17 and three. What? Not <laughs> a bad team, basketball team. Yeah. Um, and they came at Carolina pretty hard the first quarter. Carolina was up one at the end of the first quarter, but by halftime they were up 12. Uh, in the second half, it grew to over 20, and then you end up winning by 17. And then 91-74. Yeah, and you, you know, dispatched Vanderbilt, and you didn't play a great game defensively. You were a little bit slow getting back, but that comes from an 8 o'clock Central Time, eight Eastern Time game Thursday night. Oh, Vanderbilt didn't play Thursday. Imagine that. So they had a whole week to prepare. (laughs) Carolina's getting back at 2 o'clock in the morning, having to get up and go to 8 o'clock classes and then having a 3 o'clock practice. But the highlight of this whole game was Don Staley coming out in the boo sweatshirt. Yeah, and the boo sweatshirt. And and that goes back to the LSU game when the reporter after the game asked her about the atmosphere, and and she just looked at him with that little smile on her face and said, well, they were calling me boo. So she goes out and gets her sweatshirt made up. Don't be in the old, man. Well, she's keeping the team light. And, and that's what and, it takes. And, and, that, and you know, the, I mean, you can look at them. They were out there dancing and all before the game and been just smiling and carrying on. I mean. Almost six and double figures in that game yesterday. Yeah. Pow Pow only had nine. <laughs> so she was a point away. Came close. But the women continue on uh, their next game. Are they playing Saturday? Mm-mm. No. Uh, they play uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I think. I think they got another game coming up this week, and then they'll probably play Sunday. Uh, yeah, they, Sunday is usually the they game. They need they need a week off, is what they need. <laughs> well, they need that one game, just like uh, Vanderbilt had not play on a Thursday. Yeah, they got Auburn coming up here Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, so Thursday, o'clock. and then they'll have a game Sunday. All right, we'll follow along, keep you going. Hey, next Thursday is going to be fun, guys. Uh, We'll go ahead and break down the Super Bowl. uh, My two teams didn't get in it. I don't (laughs) want to talk about it. I wanted Detroit and Baltimore. It's rigged. It's rigged. I I was rigged. (laughs) Taylor Swift. It's going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus Taylor Swift and all the Swifties. Well, we'll see. I've... I have, uh, after the antics that Kelsey and um, uh, Mahomes put on in the pregame uh, with the stretches and all that, uh, I, I don't have a lot of respect for those two gentlemen anymore. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, don't, I think Baltimore's one of the cheaper teams that's ever been around. But had I been probably a hardball, I probably would have told Tucker, you know what, next time he puts his hand over there to kick that ball, you kick his hand. Yeah. Trying to move your ball when you're trying to kick. Or you was kicking around with his foot, kick his foot. Put him out of the game. You can't play with something broken. I mean, but I, I never – that's two teams I despised anyway, so it's all good. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about the Chiefs and also the 49ers as a, kind of a, a, it seems to be a reoccurring theme, much like the Cowboys and 49ers were back in the 80s. So. That's what we talk about, man. It's yeah. that money. All you do is look at Vegas line and you will know. I'm telling you. I'll give you the winner. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you the winner to a touchdown on, on Thursday. 
All right. I'll check okay. Vegas. I'll give you the two a seven-point game. I'm looking okay. forward to it. Yep. I want to thank Howard and his great staff here at Howard's on Main for allowing us to come in uh, each and every Monday and Thursday. They do a great job. Special of the day today was yeah. the cheeseburger with fries uh, and uh, he a was drink. packed today. It was a yeah, lot. Yeah, a we big had, table. had a bunch of folks that were in here when we came in for lunch. And uh, not to mention, you want breakfast? Stan's in here uh, breakfast-wise as <laughs> well. Breakfast, so yeah. He'll talk sports with you. Come on in. <laughs> Oh, we'll all we we all will. You'll get the the Greenwood faithful and uh, hear their opinions on everything that goes on as well. Always a lot of fun. It's like uh, you guys used to meet what at Shoney's and then moved over here. Yeah, they've met everywhere. I mean, it's just you know, it's, it's a fun group that, too. It's a fun group that from from you know the upper echelon to us little peons that don't know anything, but. Uh, <laughs> I had to write that down because I got some for Thursday. All right. I'm Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, Stan Spivey. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great week.